welcome to Zensylvania. My name is Eric Adrians, and I'll be your host. In Zensylvania, we explore motorcycle zen, literature, philosophy, and a variety of other topics. I'm not an expert in any of these things. In fact, it would probably be a mistake for me to claim to be an expert in anything at all. Here in Zensylvania, we try to maintain a beginner's mind during our explorations. With your feedback and participation, I hope Pennsylvania is the kind of place that keeps us, you and I, visiting often. Episode 20. Fuzzy Standards. An Incomplete Exploration of Quality. I wanted to start this essay with a reasonably brief and straightforward definition of the word quality. Well, as it turns out, I couldn't find a practical definition that I was satisfied with. It may be a peculiar trait of mine that I prefer a words or concepts definition not to contain words or concepts that merely point straight back to the place that I started. Like some semantic Ouroboros eating its own tail, unfortunately, definitions for the word quality often circle back on themselves. For example, Merriam-Webster's definition says that quality is a degree of excellence. Follow through on this information and you find that excellence is an excellent or valuable quality. And that excellent is very good of its kind, eminently good. Of course, something that is eminently good means that it is observably good. Next, we find that good is something that is of a favorable character or conforming to a standard, among other things. Finally, something that is of a favorable character is something we favor or prefer, while a standard is, of course, something set up and established by authority as a rule for the measure of quantity, weight, extent, value, or quality. It's like that with all of the definitions that I've looked at so far. A somewhat fuzzy realm of subjective preferability and objective standardization. The extraordinary fuzziness and variability of what may be contained within the term quality is somewhat surprising, but hardly a new matter. Every one of us has some degree of self-assuredness that we know what is or is not of good quality. So certain are we that Persig quoted Plato as a kind of heading to Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance with, and what is good, Phaedrus, and what is not good? Need we ask anyone to tell us these things? We've always known what is or is not good. We have our own fuzzy logic systems to determine what meets our individual and ever-changing mix of subjective preferences and objective standards. Regular visitors to Zensylvania will probably be familiar with our ongoing preoccupation with Robert Persig's books, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, An Inquiry into Values, and Leela, An Inquiry into Morals. I've readily used Persig's books as touchstones within several investigations and inquiries. These two books are categorized by some people as works of philosophical fiction. And this categorization describes a situation where a story is used as the setting, context, or framing for some particular 
philosophical material to be covered. While it's tempting to spend time quibbling over the extent to which the categorization of any book or work as philosophical fiction is meaningful, and indeed the extent to which the term reasonably applies to Persig's books. I'm going to avoid doing that for now. It may be something to examine at some later time. Instead, I'm going to go along with this particular application of the analytical knife because it's clear that Persig's books are indeed intended to communicate some particular philosophical content and that they are fictionalized versions of Persig's life, if not entirely fiction. In fact, I prefer the term mythologized. The particular philosophical content that the books convey has come to be known as the metaphysics of quality, and that is where we're going to start in this essay. Start may not be exactly the correct term since that really began in episode 15 when I spent some time in review of a book titled On Quality and Inquiry into Excellence. This is a posthumously published collection of Persig's comments and insights into the metaphysics of quality, which was released in March of 2022. For this essay today, I want to begin by returning to some of my comments from that Zensylvania episode. If you've previously reviewed that episode, this may be slightly repetitive, and I hope to mitigate any sense of redundancy by expanding on those initial reactions I had. All of this will be in an effort to pin down a few basic questions when it comes to the metaphysics of quality. Part one, quality undefined moving towards an initial definition. Throughout Zen and the Art and much of Leela, Piercig avoided providing a definition of quality. On page 97 of Unquality, there is an excerpt from his 1974 lecture at the Minneapolis College of Art and Design, where he said that one of the advantages of keeping quality undefined, which is central to Zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance, as long as you keep it undefined, then it becomes an instrument of change. And you can grow because the things that you find quality in are going to change as you grow. Despite his early motivation to avoid providing a definition of quality, Persig eventually used the term as a direct or indirect referent to a variety of other concepts, which I'm going to list here and now. God, the phoneme Rta from the Proto-Indian European language, the essence of experience, selection, meaning, dharma, the pure thing in Hindu traditions, the pure non-thing in Buddhist traditions. What holds together? Righteousness. Rightness. The stable condition which gives man perfect satisfaction. Duty towards self. Virtue of the ancient Greeks. The cosmic order of things spirituality. Metaphysics of quality is metaphysics of spirituality. The Tao. 
This is probably an incomplete list as Persig admitted to a preparedness to talk about quality for hours on end without establishing a firm meaning. Initially, I'd like to focus on the third item in the list that I provided, which is the essence of experience, as it introduces two underlying connections that should be examined. In David Granger's 2000 book, John Dewey, Robert Persig, and the Art of Living, Revisioning Aesthetic Education, Granger suggests that Persig's idea of quality is roughly equivalent to Dewey's idea of experience, and that's experience with a capital E. For those who may be interested to verify for themselves whether Granger's comparison is correct, he seems to rely upon Dewey's art as experience and experience and education. You can be sure that these works are on my acquisition list for 2023. In the meantime, here are a few ideas from Dewey. Ordinary experience has no structure. It is a continuous stream. The subject, i.e. person, who goes through the experience of living, but does not experience everything in a way that composes an experience. Meanwhile, an aesthetic experience is a kind of event which stands out from the ordinary or general experience. While I don't pretend to any kind of authority to correct or alter Dewey's terminology, it occurs to me that Dewey was establishing that aesthetic experience is at least partially comprised of definable events, while ordinary experience is not. Experiences are structured situations over time. However, fuzzy may be the definition of the experience's actual beginning or start. Dewey's ideas do seem to echo Persig's notions of static and dynamic quality, where static quality seems to share some attributes with Dewey's aesthetic experience and dynamic quality with ordinary experience. In FSC Northrop's The Meeting of East and West, and that's the book which Persig credits with closing his youthful period of drifting and lending direction to his life, there is a passage about undifferentiated aesthetic continuum and experience. Later in this essay, I will look at Alfred North Whitehead's process in reality, but for now, let me suggest that if there are parallels between Persig's quality and Dewey's experience, these may also be aligned with Whitehead's process. Process is nothing else than the experiencing subject itself. In this explanation, it is presumed that an experiencing subject is an occasion of sensitive reaction to an actual world. Granger references Heisenberg's principle of indeterminacy and says something that links these things together. All existences, material and ideational, are best viewed as events rather than substances. And all of this leads me to the observation that quality is an event. In part two, what is quality toward a second definition?
In order that we may get at what Persig may have been trying to convey in his metaphysics of quality, it seems essential to get at the individual terms in the phrase. I'm going to set aside the term metaphysics for now, except to accept a kind of common knowledge definition of metaphysics as the parts of philosophy which deal with the fundamental nature of reality and existence, and by extension, those parts of reality and existence which don't, at least superficially, appear to have a source or cause in physical objective sources. Provisionally, I'm inter interpreting the phrase metaphysics of quality such that the word of is a function word indicating origin or derivation. So the phrase metaphysics of quality means an explanation of the fundamental nature of reality and existence where quality is the original source or cause. Another way to phrase it might be that reality and existence is derived from a primordial quality with a capital Q. So let me give that definition a second time. The phrase metaphysics of quality means an explanation of the fundamental nature of reality and existence where quality is the original source or cause. And now we have that question, what is quality? Since the metaphysics of quality is Persig's notion, it seems only fair to begin with explanations that he's provided. But we'll get to some other explanations that I found interesting during the time that I've been examining this idea, and of course, also to some of my own observations. In On Quality, there is an excerpt from a letter dated September 11th, 1994, and it includes this brief section. Quality can be equated with God, but I don't like to do so. God, to most people, is a set of static intellectual and social patterns. Only true religious mystics can correctly equate God with dynamic quality. In the West, particularly around universities, these people are quite rare. The others, who go around saying, God wants this, or God will answer your prayers, are, according to the metaphysics of quality, engaging in a minor form of evil. Such statements are a lower form of evolution, intellectual patterns, attempting to contain a higher one. That's on page 81. Well, this seems to be a good place to start because it establishes and gives shape to a few specific traits that Persic posited about quality. So I want to parse the various phrases here in an attempt to determine what he may have intended. First, he says that quality can be equated with God. I want to take notice that Persig did not say quality is God, only that quality can be equated with God. Philosophy can readily be an exercise in splitting and re-splitting of conceptual hairs, but this is one that does seem to need to be split. The difference between the phrase quality is God and quality can be equated with God is meaningful because the concept of equivalence, as represented by the words equated with, is not that of sameness, as represented by the word is. By saying 
quality can be equated with God, Bursic seems to be suggesting a comparison of two separate concepts based upon a function. The specific function being described is, as established in the brief definition above, that of an original source or cause. In other words, Persig's quality functions in his metaphysical system as a monism, in a similar fashion to how God functions as a monism in some other metaphysical systems. The balance of Persig's passage is an attempt to steer examination of quality away from theology. Undoubtedly, there are a number of very good reasons to do that, but it is also very difficult to establish an existential origin story without having to engage the argument for a primordial entity or agent of creation, a deity in other words. When I read Persig, I have the sense that he tries to do exactly that. Of course, trying to posit an existential origin story without a deity causes some people a great deal of difficulty. And that may be one of the reasons that Persig phrased things the way he did. The metaphysics of quality is an explanation of existence and reality where the concept of quality functions as the concept of God in a separate and distinct existential origin story. Discussions of quality is not therefore a theological discussion on the nature of a deity. Part three, quality versus quality versus qualities towards a third definition. Now that we've established to some limited extent what Robert Persig had in mind in his Metaphysics of Quality, I'd like to get back to some more practical and familiar conceptions of quality. In the day-to-day -day usage of the term, we may be quite comfortable with referring to any given thing or experience as being of high or low quality, or perhaps alternately good quality or poor quality. In other words, we are readily able to assign a value to a thing or experience based upon some collection of subjective, personally perceived traits and objective, empirically measurable characteristics. If we are, for example, visiting an auto parts store to purchase a bolt to replace one that has broken during a repair on our motorcycle, we might say that a particular store clerk's dismissive attitude or lack of knowledge regarding engine bolts was a low quality service. Similarly, we might feel that the purchased bolt was of excellent quality as its metallurgy and machining met the specifications for the bolt's purpose. Our subjective and objective criteria either were or were not met. Often these criteria are considered to be qualities of the item or experience. A store clerk's attentiveness is one quality, while their product knowledge is another quality. Similarly, the bolts metallurgy and machining are sometimes referred to as qualities. The use of the term quality in day-to-day -day use is actually problematic as these ought more accurately to be referred to as properties, factors, components, elements, constituents, items, and a variety of other terms that might easily be added of the artifacts or experiences overall quality. In this way, quality 
and even qualities are a set of subjective and objective measurements of an artifact or experience's ability to fulfill its defined or expected purpose. It would be correct, albeit slightly absurd, to argue that a banana makes a very poor quality engine bolt, or that an engine bolt is a low quality snack. Clearly, bananas are not intended to be engine bolts, and engine bolts are not machined for human nutrition. This means that defined purpose is an important and meaningful consideration. Defined purpose is another way to say that quality is relational and that the quality of an artifact or experience is normally assessed in context of an expected or defined purpose. Part four, fuzzy standards, synthesis of the definitions. This is where the title of this essay considers what I'm calling fuzzy standards. While I am not completely aware whether this term that I've used is entirely novel, I will say that it derives from my incomplete explorations of fuzzy logic and concepts therein. Within fuzzy logic, there are so-called fuzzy sets, which comprise a predetermined set of conditions to inform an input-output decision-making model. In this situation, the fuzzy set attempts to allow for a nearly infinite range of possibilities between 0 and 1, the ultimately reductive binary either-or. In a binary digital world, engine oil might be called either hot, denoted by 1, or cold, denoted by 0. Clearly, this is not correct, as temperature is almost infinitely variable and could be assigned a nearly infinite range of temperatures based on the extent to which more or less heat is present. And that's where the fuzzy set comes in. I mention this as an indication that fuzzy standards begins to consider the matter of the phrase, the extent to which, in a setting of standards within a dynamic changing world. And indeed, in context of dynamically changed defined purposes. If we consider that bolt that I mentioned earlier, if a bolt's metallurgy and machining is designed to withstand temperatures of, arbitrarily speaking, 5 degrees, as soon as our operating conditions hit 7, 6, or even 5.2 degrees, all of a sudden a machined bolt no longer has adequate quality. I've borrowed Persig's term dynamic quality and the fact that a perpetually changing world and perpetually changing expectations fundamentally establish that any standard, for example, a specific oil temperature or the particular metallurgical composition and machining of a bolt or the depth of knowledge that a store clerk may have must necessarily be fuzzy, in other words, situationally defined and relational. In part five, the metaphysics of quality and the philosophy of organism. I've had occasion earlier to comment that I feel Persig's inquiries are in alignment with humanist enlightenment ideas, and also some ideas that Alfred North Whitehead expressed in Process and Reality. 
In that book, Whitehead provided what he called the philosophy of organism. In my opinion, Persig's philosophy is well aligned with many of Whitehead's ideas. And Whitehead opened Process and Reality with the de declaration that this course of lectures, because the book was originally a series of lectures, is designed as an essay in speculative philosophy. And he's capitalized speculative philosophy. And then goes on to define and defend speculative philosophy. Well, Persig's Metaphysics of Quality is also an exercise in speculative philosophy. Here's Whitehead's definition. Speculative philosophy is the endeavor to form a coherent, logical, necessary system of general ideas in terms of which every element of our experience can be interpreted. Since Whitehead was a thoroughgoing philosopher, he proceeded to provide definitions for most of the terms used in his definition. I'm not going to chase all that down at present. It's not relevant. However, I'm including it here in our consideration of quality to help set the setting for Persig's definitions, since there have been many of quality as a concept within a speculative philosophy system as presented by Whitehead. In Whitehead's preface to Process and Reality, he explained his approach in contrast to others when he wrote that, the positive doctrine of these lectures is concerned with the becoming, the being, and the relatedness of actual entities. An actual entity is a res vera in the Cartesian sense of the term. It is a Cartesian substance and not an Aristotelian primary substance. But Descartes retained in his metaphysical doctrine the Aristotelian dominance of the category of quality over that of relatedness. In these lectures, relatedness is dominant over quality. Well, this does not coincide with Persig at all. Whitehead does go on to give a brief summary of relatedness, but again, I'm going to defer examination of this to focus on the similarity and approach between Persig and Whitehead, specifically that the positioning of quality within a metaphysical system is a meaningful part of that system. Returning to that earlier passage by Robert Persig, that quality can be equated to God, I'm grateful that Wendy Persig and the editors of the recent collection didn't shy away from including this passage as it does positively establish the kind of metaphysical positioning of quality that Persig reached. And again, I want to feature that slight distinction between Whitehead's positioning of relatedness over quality and clearly Persig is plating, placing quality over relatedness. All that is to say that Persig's capital Q quality term may be readily separated from common day-to-day -day usage of the term, since the underlying position of the term is different than a subject-object relational metaphysics as found in René Descartes. I say separate, but that may not be the right term, as Persig did further divide quality into dynamic quality and static quality. Zensylvania's provisional definition of quality.
While it is certainly tempting to continue running down various rabbit holes, I think we've actually reached a good point to finalize and summarize a provisional definition of quality. So here we go. Quality is an event which a subjective experiencer, what we may call an actual entity, has a relationship to within an actual world. In static form, quality is the collection or fuzzy set of subjective and objective measurements of an artifacts or experiences ability to fulfill its defined or expected purposes and is consistent with a defined aesthetic experience insofar as it has fuzzy boundaries within an ongoing undifferentiated aesthetic continuum. In dynamic form, quality is that which mediates relations between an undifferentiated aesthetic continuum and actual entities. Quality is an idea and term which allows every element of our experience to be interpreted. I hope this jumble of metaphysical jargon is as clear to you as it is to me. I will admit that I find it extremely satisfying that this definition has not yet resulted in an Ouroboros-like circle where I end up stating that quality is, in effect, quality, and we all know what that is. Strangely, I also find that this definition has both practical daily applications, which may be just as useful as any metaphysical implications that there may be. Thank you for joining me in this part of Zensylvania. I hope you've enjoyed your time listening to the podcast as much as I did putting it together. You can find text versions of Zensylvania stories and essays at zensylvania.com. If you've enjoyed the content you've heard so far, please subscribe, tell your friends, and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. I'd also love to hear your thoughts. My email address is zensylvaniapodcast at gmail.com or you may wish to use the link in the episode description box to leave a voice message for use in this or a future episode. If you'd like to support the Zensylvania podcast, you can find us on Patreon or buy me a coffee. Thank you again for joining me in Zensylvania. It's a state of mind.